0: The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for The Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of The Mr. Nelson Show, episode one. 49. That's right. Well, it appears over the weekend, the White House Correspondents' Dinner happened again. Yes, Yes. they all had their little annual shindig. And Uh once again, Trump wisely decided not to show up.
1: Because he's a coward. What? Oh, goddamn. Hell no.
0: Well, uh, people say Trump is stupid a lot, but at least he was smart enough not to go... To this just to get dumped on by a bunch of uh, uh, snobby elites. What? Yeah, oh, please. Right. He's
1: got to get up there and face the fire what? and deal with well, it. Well,
0: he's not a masochist, left. He. Uh,
1: yeah, he is. He likes to get spanked by a what? magazine with his picture yeah. on it. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> That's right. But anyway, uh, so uh, Michelle Wolf went up oh, there yeah, and uh, Wolf, pretty Wolf. much bombed, oh, really, because uh, oh, yeah. uh, people from both sides of the aisle have complained about <laughs> it saying across the line and all that stuff. What? Well, uh, doing jokes about uh, infanticide and uh, comparing oh. Sarah Sanders to a uh, someone who's pro-rape. What? Oh, she did no such no, thing. she did. She compared uh, to Aunt Lydia from the uh, Miss Sanders propaganda television series, uh, A Handmaid's well, Tale. It's a beautiful series. Uh, Aunt Lydia, you know, fantastic. oversees the ritualistic of rape uh, of the women. And uh, so, uh, there you go.
1: No, that's ridiculous. in no way. Sarah Sanders is pro rape. That's just ridiculous.
0: Oh. Then what's the point of the joke, Lefty?
1: She's comparing <laughs> Sarah Sanders to this character who's a villain and mean and nasty because Michelle is progressive and on the right side of Hit. history. It's Sarah Sanders, in. so that's that's what she's oh. doing there.
0: Why is Aunt Lydia a villain and mean and nasty, Lefty? What does she do in the TV series? Uh,
1: she it. It's just it, she's. Just D- shut up! Damn it! You're always distracted uh, from things that matter. And this is, it is you just just goes to show. You're always going on about oh first minute and all that you you lefties can't take a jump! And here you are, you can't deal with it. That's what that is. God
0: uh, damn lefty when you can't deal, you just get
1: louder and louder. Oh well, tough. Deal with it. Again, deal with it!
0: Well, it seems Trump dealt with it with, again, of course, a tweet. Oh, of course. The White House Correspondents' Dinner is dead,
1: as we know it. This was a total disaster and an embarrassment to our great country and all that it stands for. Fake news. Oh, that guy. It's alive and well. That's true. And beautifully represented on Saturday night. That's Uh the truth.
0: Yeah, well, it seems quite a few in the media were not happy about this. As they should Most notably. Uh, The Washington Post's uh, Eric Wimple. What? (laughs) Yes, Eric Wimple. And uh, CNN's Brian Stelter. Good man. Uh, So apparently Eric Wimple uh, wrote this article about it, and then uh, Brian Stelter retweeted it and had this quote in his tweet uh, from Eric Wimple. The (laughs) President of the United States is committed to undoing journalism, and the country's top journalists are debating a dinner format exactly oh. thank you oh my
1: goodness boom that's, that's right because when he does things like that doug it's, it's fake news has a serious shot across the bow it's dangerous dangerous come on a serious threat to the free press as a journalist of america uh. Over the
0: past eight years, the Obama administration prosecuted nine cases involving whistleblowers and uh, blowers and leakers, compared to only three by all previous administrations combined. Well, it repeatedly used the Espionage Act, which was a relic of World War One era red baiting, but, not to prosecute spies what? but to go after government officials who talked. To journalists.
1: Well, they should have shut up.
0: President Obama, the Justice Department, and the FBI spied on reporters by monitoring their phone records, labeled one journalist an unindicted co-conspirator in a criminal case for simply doing reporting, and issued subpoenas to other reporters to try to force them to reveal their sources and testify in criminal cases. Well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but Trump calls them fake news, so exactly. that's obviously way worse what? than abusing one's authority. Yeah, well, d- yeah. God damn good lord, all that yeah. going on, even no. to them, and they still kiss his ass? Yeah. Man, me and you are a
1: bunch of idiots. No, no, <laughs> well. no, no. This is just a bunch of distracting nonsense. Nope, it's all I true. Mean, We've had a serious attack on one of the greatest achievements of Ababa uh, this oh, week, which was, of course, the here. great nuclear Iran deal, oh, because God. that was saving the world from oh, nuclear annihilation. And Obama gets no thanks for it. But, and he, you are going to push up these stupid tabloid-style stories that they just that matter a bunch of reporters got the nose out of joint. That's all it is. Well the organization's crazy support. The truth, and that is, Obama was probably one of the greatest presidents we ever had because he saved the world from nuclear disaster. But now, thanks to Trump, it's all being upended and destroyed, and you all don't care because Trump, that idiot Netanyahu, comes over here and just says, Oh, the Iranians were lying about nuclear weapons and all that. Just, oh, good lord, just stir it all up. I guess Netanyahu just wants more. That's all that is. And it just is isn't about it. We would have been safe.
0: Yeah. Well, let's take a look at the history of the Iran deal. Uh, and I'm looking at an article from The Federalist by David Harsani. Oh, i uh, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm sure but This you is uh, from the Federalist.com, the short and ugly history oh. of the disastrous Iran
1: deal. Oh,
0: and yeah. I'll skip through some of the preliminaries here, of but course. we'll get to it at the start of it. Uh, the uh, To pass... Uh, his Iran deal, which, again, was not a treaty, it was just an agreement. So he didn't have to go yeah. through the normal channels because uh, he didn't uh, of uh, Congress like and of having to ratify a treaty, because if he did, there would be nothing Trump could do. But, of course, nobody really supported well. it, so he had to do this in and around well. and kind of bend the law and rules. <laughs> so typical. Uh, so first off, they created and then bragged about Uh, A media echo chamber about the whole deal, uh, which was created by uh, his little guru, Ben Rhodes, who's nothing but a writer. But he was so proud of how his lies worked out. And you can look up Ben Rhodes. Yeah. So they did that so they could smear the opposition at home. Obama accused those who opposed the accord of being in common cause with Islamists. Imagine that. Offering the ludicrous false choice. You had to do it Obama's way. Or it meant war. Yeah. Some of the nastiest attacks were reserved for fellow Democrats like Chuck Schumer. Imagine that. Whose tepid pushback triggered Oblo- Obama flunkies to accuse him of harboring dual loyalty. Yeah, I remember that. It was a lot of that going on in Twitter, constantly referring to Chuck Schumer as a Jew. Oh, now come on. Yeah, yeah, the, the dual loyalty, uh, yeah, means because he's Jewish, he's always going to favor Israel. Because, you know, them people are always together. Oh, yeah. Uh, more Come evidence on. of Obama's sentiments towards Jews. Yes. Well let's not uh, forget he spent twenty years in a church led by a man who uh-huh. is a screaming anti Semite. Uh-huh. And uh but no. no 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 no. I'm sure I'm sure Obama never heard any of that. He uh no, had headphones he on uh listening to music uh during the sermon. Exactly, sermons. see. Uh, and had very little relationship on, with this man it? who performed his wedding, and he also, uh, one of his sermons gave him the title for one of his books, The Audacity of Hope. But other than that, yeah, oh, so no, no, Obama wouldn't have anything to do with an anti-Semi, would he? Exactly. Uh, he just, it was only 20 years. I right. Mean, <laughs> what? Yeah. So, how about that? So, anyway, oh then there was God. the constant subjugation of American interest to placate the Iranians. First off, Obama no. made common calls with, can you guess, can you guess, can you guess? What? Russia! What? Well, how about that? No. And Syria. Well. It seems increasingly plausible, in fact, that the president was no. hamstrung in Syria because he wanted to avoid upsetting the Iranians and the Russians. No. God, no. that almost sounds like,
1: oh, dear, what's the word? Uh, no. uh,
0: yeah, collusion. Yeah, that's it. Vladimir no. Putin, no. the man who helped create uh, Iran's nuclear program, was a fan of the deal. Hmm. Syrian President Bashar al-Assad was also an admirer, confident that Iran would continue its oh, just causes no. <laughs> after the deal was oh, no. wrapped up. Hey, what could he possibly mean? No. Well, with all the money in the deal, uh, that's a lot of money for those uh, terrorist proxy armies that uh, Iran supports. No, so, no, uh, yeah, that's on, no. uh, great going, Obama. Oh, uh, so, but He's Obama, yeah, he, it cites <laughs> a tweet here by Obama from uh, September in 2015. Uh, he says... Under the hashtag Iran <laughs> can oh, a secret nuclear right. weapon. Learn more. It. Links to this blog from Reuters.com which goes on and makes the point that even a nanogram or one billionth of a gram of leftover dust from nuclear weapons related work could be detectable. Exactly. And that's true. Yes. Provided you can actually get to the site
1: yeah.
0: uh, where this nanogram is.
1: You would. All
0: through the language of the deal is that the inspectors have access to declared sites. Exactly. Declared is the, the operative word here. What? So, huh. What, what about undeclared sites? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't go to uh, those. Oh, yeah. That's where you're going to find a lot more oh, than just your nanograms of leftover nuclear dust.
1: No, you don't know that. <sighs> You don't,
0: don't, I mean, you this don't, is don't really live. the stickler here.
1: <laughs> all these idiots, no.
0: you'll see them in the panels and whatnot on TV, praising this and all that, yes. and yet they miss this? Well, I mean, look, when you're fooled maybe. by a, a con artist who's really clever like Trump, and has all kind of details and clever. layers and stuff well, like that and fools no. you, well, you got God damn it, he got me. Here, there's no layers at all. This is pretty naked in front of you. Well, And you still buy it. Yeah. Well, because guys like Obama and the rest, the political class, but hey, look, come on. It would be crazy to use nuclear weapons.
1: Exactly.
0: That's right. It would be. Iran is crazy. You've got a regime that denies the Holocaust. And every day just about says they're going to wipe out every Jew in Iran. (sighs) Does that sound sane to you?
1: Well, no,
0: but... Well, maybe if you went to Reverend Wright's church for 20 years and... Anyway, Ew. the Iran deal remained <sighs> Obama's predominant concern during his second term. But Even as be? Tehran grappled with a contracting God. economy and inflation brought on well, in part by international sanctions okay. that had been set up over a decade. Okay. Despite its natural resources, Iran's economy still struggles. Oh, One yeah. can imagine what it would look like with another two years of sanctions. Yeah, you might have had, oh, I don't know, a revolution that overthrew that disgusting Nazi government. Jew-hating regime that's been around since 1979? Oh, my God. Yeah. Holy There's God. That was a missed opportunity. Oh, man. Going Obama. Later, we learned that Obama's machinations were worse than we imagined. In his what? January 2016 speech announcing the lifting of sanctions, Obama claimed that as a reciprocal humanitarian gesture, the United States would release a number of Iranian-born civilians who were not charged with terrorism. Or any violent offenses? Well, there you go. Well, far from mere civilians, the administration was releasing Iranian spies when the Justice Department had tagged as threats to national security. What? Of the 14 civilians, one was a top Hezbollah operative named Ali Fayyad, who who had not only been indicted in U.S. courts for planning to kill U.S. government employees, but whom agents believed reported to... Can you guess who this would be? Oh, huh? That's right, Putin. No, 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 no. <laughs> he keeps showing up in all this. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yes, he was reporting to Putin as a key supplier of weapons to Syria and Iraq. Another was serving an eight-year sentence for conspiring to supply Iran with satellite technology and hardware. Good, Another, Saeed Adolfasil, something like that, Shabab Jamili, was charged with illegally conspiring to procure thousands of parts with nuclear applications. Gee, now why would Iran need that? I mean, they don't have a nuclear program, right? Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well... On top of that, Obama administration was slow-walking investigations against Iranian spies here in the United States and efforts to extradite suspects. It also, according to Joss Myers, source heavy reporting that has never been factually refuted neutralized efforts to stop Hezbollah from funding its operations through criminal enterprises in the United States. Yeah, damn. When the Iranians released American hostages in early 2016... See? Uh, Obama Secretary of State John Kerry claimed it was due to the relationships forged in the diplomatic channels unlocked over the course of the nuclear talks. In actuality, the Obama st- administration secretly airlifted more than $1.7 billion worth of cash God as damn. a ransom to obtain the release of four Americans no. so as not to derail the Iranian deal. No. Because all of it was above board and absolutely not a ransom payment. It was sent on wooden pallets stacked with euros, Swiss francs, and other currencies on an unmarked cargo plane. (laughs) Oh, It was done this way so you would never find out about it, Uh trying to hide it. But it got out anyway. Uh Uh But don't worry. Again, uh, a press that won't even report on its own uh, reporters being abused by Obama certainly won't report on this. But anyway, it comes out so... Uh, Ababa says, uh, "We do not pay ransom hostages, Ababa maintained later. But State Department spokesman John Kermey soon acknowledged that Iran's release of the hostages was contingent upon the $400 million cash payment. Uh-huh. So the $400 million must have been the upfront cost to get the hostages re- uh, released before they got the entire 1. 1. $1.7 <laughs> They still paid it it, it, it. it wasn't
1: ransom. It was it, their money. Oh, really? Yes, what? it was rods' money. This was assets that were frozen, and Obama was just paying it back to the people it belonged because he's no thief.
0: It was money owed to the government of the Shah of Iran who is dead and was toppled from power in nineteen seventy nine. So no, it was not their money. No. Anyway, what do we get from all of this? Please. Really? You know, abandoning our principles and oh, come well, on. the Obama administration found a way to empower Iran so it could be a bulwark against <laughs> the regional power of Israel. Oh now, please. Huh which uh, is another driving reason for the deal in the first place. I mean, I've always figured Obama was hoping he could have his Nixon goes to China moment mm-hmm. and that uh, Iran would allow him to land Tehr- uh, the Air Force One in the middle of Tehran. Oh, uh, but also, yes, his hatred for
1: Israel, oh, pl-
0: which oh it runs deep. That's, and that's that comes ridiculous. with a lot of hardcore leftists, especially ones that see the third world as the ultimate victims what? of Western civilization. What? <laughs> and then israel of course plays into that as just a big insult to uh these poor underdogs uh in the middle east and what have you and uh so uh he's never really going to be on their side What? and plus again he doesn't think that uh it's too uh, that much of a danger for uh iran to have a bomb because come on it'd be crazy for them to use it exactly <laughs> yeah what?
1: yeah it would be. Yes. I mean, the, boy, you're such a war That's what this is. That's all. You're just never helpful for a peace deal and diplomacy that can work things out. You're just not. Yeah, because I've
0: seen this movie before. It was called uh, The Clinton Administration Preventing nu- uh, North Korea from Getting a Nuclear Weapon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. No. It, God, look. It's just you know, no good deed goes unpunished. I tell you. You know, I mean, and here he saved American lives. He got those hostages free. And you even poo poo that. I mean, it's that's just awful, Doug. Just, just awful. Yeah. You want to know something that's really
0: awful? Uh, the family of uh, James Foley, the uh, reporter who was kidnapped and held hostage by ISIS, uh, were pretty desperate, so they uh, were thinking of uh, paying a ransom to get him freed directly to ISIS. Uh, but they didn't because the Obama administration threatened to prosecute them because this would have been against the law. Well, of course, James Foley was beheaded. And then Obama does this deal where he pays ransom for hostages, and also because he wanted to smooth things over with Iran in order to secure the deal (sighs) for his precious legacy that he uh, viewed of himself. But hey, Trump said pussy. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Ah, uh, Mr. Smith, what seems to be the problem here? Well, uh, uh it's just hemorrhoidal flare up, Doctor. I. It's getting to the point where I can't sit down and I can't even walk. I mean, the pain. Well, you're in luck. There's a brand new remedy for just such a situation as yours. It's called Icy Hole. Icy Hole? Yes, go ahead and pull your pants down. I'll demonstrate. Oh, all right. There. Yeah. You'll feel the Ooh, cooling, pain relieving oh. sensation oh, of Icy yeah. Hole. Wow. I can't believe how fast it is. I can't believe you still think I'm a doctor. Huh? Icy Hole, available at Walgreens, CVS, and Walmart pharmacies. Say, friends, you've heard of my Mr. Nelson store at Zensel.com, and, of course, my other Mr. Nelson store at Society6. Yes, yes, plenty of goodies there for you. But now, there's also the Mr. Nelson shop at Teespring. Yes, you can head over to Teespring for the Mr. Nelson shop. And there's plenty of Nelson goodies there too, so why don't you check out the Mr. Nelson shop or the other stores and have your pick of whatever you want. Yes, three options just for you. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. And you want to hear it in the best way possible. So why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio? Key features include eight colors and styles, mic and non mic versions designed to sound great for music and talk. Noise-reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code MRNELSON at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. That's MRNELSON. M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case-sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Doctor kills his girlfriend by placing cocaine on his penis before she performed a sex act on him. Hello. I'm Mr. Nelson. A woman died and several others became sick after a doctor covered his penis with cocaine before engaging in sexual activity, according to police in Germany. Halberstadt police said that they have arrested 42-year-old Andreas Niederbetschler after being accused of causing the death of his 38-year-old lover. Niederbetschler has been charged with one count of bodily harm leading to death. According to the police investigation, Niederbetschler is the head doctor of the Amios Hospital in Halberstadt. Niederbetschler became addicted to cocaine and used it regularly. Several months ago, Niederbetschler covered his penis with cocaine before his girlfriend performed a sex act on him. The woman had a terrible reaction to the cocaine and collapsed. She was rushed to a hospital where she died. Several women have come forward to say that Niederbichler, covered his penis with cocaine before engaging in sexual activity with them. They all felt ill following their sexual encounters. The women admitted that the sexual encounters were consensual, but they did not know about the cocaine. Well, if he had snorted the cocaine, he might not have been able to have the sex at all. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin.
1: Sometimes, I feel fat and unattractive. But then, I go shop at Walmart, where the average customer is at least 400 pounds. And I'm nowhere near in that ballpark, so I feel great. (laughs) Thank you, Walmart.
0: Yes, Walmart, where you can simply look around and feel better about yourself. Unless, of course... Regular. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Feelgood, in his guise of Dr. Deja Vu, had finally met. Patient X! Do- Dr. Creep? Dr. Deja Vu is astounded by the sight before him. In the dark, dingy basement laboratory sits a glass bottle with a pointy eared, old, bald headed man's head floating in a strange, glowing liquid with wires running in and out of the man's head. The head that he recognizes as having been his arch-enemy in his superhero past as... Dr. Creep. Yes, my old enemy. It's me, of course. History records me as being Dr. Creepington, the founder of this clinic. But as I'm sure you're aware, this was a false history. (sighs) Forgive my surprise, Doctor, but... You're not at all who I expected. Uh, Ah, yes... You seek Oppenheimer Man, yes? But my dear doctor, he is here. Why, he is everywhere, and he is everything. We are all Oppenheimer Man. From time to time he appears, but he's so far removed from us, we can't quite perceive him. In a human form, he appears as a mother-retarded patient here called Peter Potentate but don't look for him. You can't reach him through that. He's too far beyond us, now that he encapsulates the universe. Forgive my need for riddles. You see, we, and by way, I mean myself, Timstress, the Smiling Skull, and the two alien agents, we tried to subdue Oppenheimer Man, but alas, straw men fighting a hurricane. We turned to the one man who had manipulated him before, Victor Victorian, also known as Lightning Rod. We broke him out of prison in exchange for his help. Oddly enough, he seemed to agree with the alien's plans. You know, or rather knew Victor now as Victor Bottom. Say, victor played on often have a man's sense of hopelessness at having no purpose in life so he asked him to help correct the wrongs of the universe through the dream machine victor had his own agenda in wanting to erase the events that led to his downfall he also still dreamed of creating the utopian world he had always believed in but our venusian and martian friends had other ideas after the machine was activated there was a flash of light, and then I found myself in 1938. We had all been scattered through time. Only things were different. There were no superheroes, no giant robots, radioactive monsters, no aliens. There was nothing but life, the daily drudgery of normal life. Eventually, we called out to each other since the one thing from the old world that still existed was our secret lab where the dream machine was still on. It seems Oppenheimer man got the drop on us. Victor had managed to make himself super rich, but like me, he lost his youth and the aliens were the last of their kind. So, we had to fix this. So, we set up our clinic and hired Dr. Bonner, who had been the Crimson Cicada. But now, well, he was just a doctor. He needed his skill with gadgetry, even though he didn't know he had it. Oppenheimer Man had become the universe, but he was still linked to our dream machine. So the only way to manipulate him was to plug a mind directly into the machine. Little did I know that the aliens, Salmon Spawn and Gentleman, had elected my brain for the job. So they chopped off my head, and stuck it in this bottle works it's ever since. Meanwhile, across town, at the apartment of Salmon Spawn, the all-seeing eye and Detective Andrew O'Hammer, in his guise of the superhero, the Peacekeeper, find the ignomatic attorney clinging to life on the floor of his living room, with a knife in his ass. Spawn! Ugh. rolling salmon spawn over the two men are astounded to see salmon spawn's eyes without his sunglasses for his two eyes have the appearance of slick oily black orbs Oh, oh what happened it it was gentle bitch stabbed me in the back she stabbed you in your ass Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell was this all about, Spawn? We... we were trying to wipe out humanity by turning them all gay so they wouldn't breed anymore. (laughs) Ha! I knew it! Then... then she and I would make a new race based on our superior Martian and Venusian genes. But her lust for women turned her against me. Bad enough, I'm betrayed. But did she have to illustrate it by stabbing me in my ass? Spawn! Spawn! Where's Gentle now? It's too late, Walker. He's dead. Oh, no! How will they get the answers they need? Is all hope lost? Well, find out in the next, next hiding episode of The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor is a Nelson production written and performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Incidental music is provided by Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. On my next program, my guests will include comedian Louis C. Kane discuss the conundrum of a scenario that involves sexual assault. Can it really be sexual assault if you're asking women to watch you molest yourself? My second guest will be the former Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein, and uh, what exactly is meant by the phrase, you knew what this was. And finally, in the political realm, Senator Al Franken will join me in a discussion on the perverted depravity of the GOP. That's next time on the Charlie Rose program. And yes, I will be nude. Uh, And the question on that simply is, what are we going to do about this? That's next time on the Charlie Rose Show. The Charlie Rose Show is currently without a home. If you are interested in the Charlie Rose Show being a part of your network or platform, please contact Charlie Rose and send your female representatives to his room where, we're sure, something can be worked out. Oh, wow, wee! what's this? It's an old sci-fi classic. Oh, man, it must be cool and great, huh? No, I meant classic in the sense that it's classic cinema crap. Oh, well, don't worry, because I'll be there to narrate you through the entire film with my witchy commentary and cartoon sound effects.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, gee, great!
0: The film stars actor Peter Graves. You might remember him from the TV series Mission Impossible and as the creepy boy-hungry pilot on the movie Airplane. No, do doesn't ring a bell. That's okay. Yes, Peter Graves stars as a nuclear physicist tormented by alien killers from space. But the title is somewhat misleading as they only kill one man and his death is kind of an accident. Anyway, after all that, they show Peter a bunch of films of bugs. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. Oh, man, I can't stand it any longer. Where can I get my hands on this? <laughs> All you have to do is head over to selfi.com/nelson. There you'll find this and other films that I've graced with my brutal sound effects and witty commentary. <laughs> So head over to cellfy.com slash nelson. That's cellfy, S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash nelson, N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Head over and download Killers from Space today for only $1.75. Whoa, cheap! Yes, yes it is. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. All right, welcome back. And before we go, I thought I'd do a little discussion on the myth of what's called the Southern Strategy. This is an idea that a lot of lefties uh, promote that, uh, of course, when you people actually look at their history and realize that the Democratic Party was founded on racism. Uh, The the Democratic Party supported slavery. It uh, supported the Confederacy. It wrote the Jim Crow laws and segregation and fought tooth and and nail against the Civil Rights Movement right up until the early 70s. Uh, And the idea is that Nixon had this Southern strategy to win over uh, disgruntled uh, Democrats in the South to join Republicans and uh, to win seats and all that sort of thing. Uh, but this isn't how it happened at all. But when you have a lot of sycophants in the media and stuff, you can craft a false narrative that that dominates uh, throughout uh, news media and, of course, uh, entertainment, media, which are even far more stupid than the news media are. And so you get a lot of stories and stuff like that that promulgates it, and everyone just accepts it. Uh, this came up again because of all the hoopla surrounding Kanye West and his uh, admitting he likes Trump and all that stuff. and. And uh, so John Legend, because uh, re- uh, t- Kanye tweeted that the Democrats have been the party of slavery, which is true. And then John Legend uh, said that the Democratic Party and Republican Party had switched to the 1960s. And uh, that's when uh, they turned evil. And then the Democrats became the good guys. Uh, but he's wrong. Uh, so uh, Ben Shapiro uh, did a-, a piece on this in the Daily Wire. And uh, I'll go from there. But there's other, you know, aspects you can look for it on your own, of course. And realize uh, the voting blocks and what have you over the 20th century, and how it swapped over here and there. Why blacks had been primarily Republicans, but during the 30s uh, they switched over uh, during the, uh, the Great Depression because there seemed to be more opportunities and uh, help coming from Democrats rather than what the Republicans were like. Hey, just write it out, <laughs> you know, and people fell for it, and not just blacks, but of course poor whites and what have you. Uh, went more Democrat at that point, and Republicans lost big during that, and uh, and are still uh, recovering from it, even to this day. So, uh, so there was a lot of that, and economics had more to do with this than race. And so uh, this article goes on, and he's explaining from the work of Professors uh, Richard Johnson, <laughs> yeah, I know, of the University of Pennsylvania, and Byron Schaefer of the University of Wisconsin, uh, the shift in the South from Democrat to uh, Republican was overwhelmingly a question not of race, but of economic growth. The movement toward Republicanism in the South began in the 1950s as the South industrialized. Uh, working class whites and blacks remained Democrat until the 1990s. So you see how long it takes for this migration to go over. Uh, And so he cites the New York Times reporting, to just give one example, in the 50s among Southerners, in the low-income Tercile, 43% voted for Republican presidential candidates, while in the high-income Tercile, 53 voted Republican. Uh, By the 80s, those figures were 51% and 71% respectively. Wealthy Southerners shifted rightward in droves, but poorer ones didn't. So there you go, the economics. When you have more... It you're the one the Republicans are, I mean, the Republicans, the government is taxing. Well, of course, Democrats are always selling that, you know, that we're the poor man's guy and we're going to make the wealthy pay and you're, you're going to get some goodies out of it. Well, when you're not uh, earning enough to really pay into that, it's not really hurting you and hey, you're getting the goodies supposedly. And so you vote for them. And it's very simple, but that's what it is uh sean trend of real clear politics agrees he says that the gop gradually increased its support in the south from 1928 that's how long ago this starts to 2010 now you can imagine it would have been pretty difficult at the time because you still got people who still have some memories uh if not the civil war certainly reconstruction and so uh uh, but economics pushes you into groups and to things that you thought you wouldn't do but you feel you need to and that's where it starts, and then it hands down, it, it it grows into generations. So anyway, from 1928 to 2010 is when this is completes the shift from Democrats to Republicans. As Dan McLaughlin summarizes, as late as 2010, there were still states like Alabama and North Carolina that were voting in their first Republican legislative majorities, Since Reconstruction. Something that would have happened overnight in the late 60s if the partisan realignment had been driven by lockstep white voting loyalties on racial lines. Exactly. The white votes were there, but they didn't shift. Now, why? If if the racism is abound and that's the big switch and all that, why didn't they do that? You have to answer that if you're still going to hold to this ridiculous Southern strategy nonsense. Uh, second, it was Southern Democrats fighting against the civil rights movement for the most part. In 1948 and 1968, insurgent Democrats launched anti-civil rights presidential campaigns. Civil rights bills required more Republicans than Democrats for support. And that's true. Uh, if there hadn't been for Republican support, uh, there would not have, the, the Civil Rights Act would not have passed for Johnson to sign it. Interestingly enough, uh, the civil rights bill was already 10 years old. Uh, President Eisenhower in the fifties wanted to sign it, said he would, but the Senate majority leader blocked it. Who was the Senate majority leader at the time? That's right. Lyndon Johnson. Yeah. You see, Johnson stuck his finger in the wind and decided that the black vote could be something the Democrats could manipulate along with poor whites and what have you. And he saw it for that, for the gains of the party. Whereas the guys who were stupid and sticklers for their racist intendants, uh, like the Democrats had always been, uh, he had a hard time convincing them to see the light as he was seeing for the potential of political profitability for the Democratic Party here. And they wouldn't come along. So he had to go to the Republicans to get the vote. All oh, those nasty Republicans voted for civil rights. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the article goes on. Finally, the myth of the Southern strategy also suggests that today's Southerners vote for Republicans because they're more racist than Northerners. There's no evidence to that effect either. According to Gallup, Southern Americans' ratings race relations are currently about average when compared to those in other parts of the country. The most segregated areas of the South are in major metropolitan areas, which tend to vote heavily Democratic than their surrounding areas. Yeah. Yeah. Metropolitan areas, huh? Yeah, when you can cram a lot of people in a city who are uh, ultimately dependent on a lot of uh, services and whatnot, whereas in rural areas, you're not. Uh, So you're going to vote for the party that promises more of that. And how are they going to achieve this? Well, they're going to promise they're going to steal from other people who have more than you. And doesn't that piss you off? They have more than you, so you should hate them. And that's the economic equation that works over and over again. And if you got to throw race into it, too, to win, what the hell? Why not? It doesn't matter. The whole thing was a lie anyway. So why not lie about that? And they do. And they will. So there you go. Another myth busted, huh? <laughs> no. You'll hear it again tomorrow. You'll hear it for the rest of your life. Because uh, a precious narrative is difficult to let go of, especially when it's so politically profitable. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Mr. Nelson show. We'll do it again this coming Saturday. Uh, in the meantime, why don't you check out my YouTube channel or BitChute? BitChute is a competitor to YouTube, and a lot of my videos are there as well. Uh, it's t- uh, called B I T C H U T E. And you look for Mr. Nelson, and there will be the videos. Uh, But of course, uh, YouTube, of course, you look up Mr. Nelson, you'll see the cartoons, the uh, 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 reviews of TV shows and whatnot. Uh, It's all fun and and good. And of course, you can check out my stores at cellfi.com slash nelson, uh, the zazzle.com for the Mr. Nelson store, and Teespring for the Mr. Nelson shop. And if you really want to buy some expensive stuff, (laughs) head over to society 6 for the other Mr. Nelson store, where you can get t shirts, artwork, uh, hats, and mugs, and all that good stuff from those d- uh, different stores. They're all there for you. Yes, for you. And when you purchase it, boy, does it go a long way to help out your old pal, Mr. Nelson. All right, we'll do it again, as I said before, next Saturday. Good night, everybody. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and/or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and/or blocked. This is a Nelson News Bulletin homeless man breaks into woman's property and sexually assaults her horse. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. A homeless man broke into a woman's property and sexually assaulted her horse, according to police in Oregon. Washington County Police said that they have arrested 20-year-old Kenneth Liget-Duh-Ick, okay, after being accused of having sexual contact with the woman's horse. Daik has been charged with burglary, theft, hence sexual assault of an animal. He was booked into the Washington County Jail, and the Washington County Circuit Court has set his bail at $1,000. Well, he is homeless, so. If convicted, Daik faces up to five years in prison and fines of up to $125,000, according to the police. The woman... Owns a property in the 200 block of Northwest 334th Avenue. One morning, she woke up and found that her horse named Ellie was tied up at a different place from where she had left him the prior evening. Him? Uh, okay. She called the police to report that Duck, who is homeless, asked her for permission to camp on her property. She denied his request. The woman believed that Duck sexually assaulted her horse. A vet confirmed that the horse had been sexually assaulted. Police collected DNA evidence. Police found Duck sleeping in his car at a Walmart parking lot. When questioned, Duck admitted to breaking into the woman's property, but denied having sex with the horse. However, he later admitted to having sexual contact with the horse. Well, I guess sometimes you should look a gift horse in the mouth. No, wait. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin.